Just a week ago, volcanoes exploded near the island of Iwo Jima. Eruptions covered the sky in ash and the land with pyroclastic debris, and associated earthquakes caused the island chain shift and rise. As the brown sand shores heaved, they brought with them ships. 24 rotting, rusting hulks blighted the shoreline, a reminder of horrific battles long past. And as the vessels resurfaced, so have the memories, the stories that have gone with them. Hello, this is Mike from Darker Days Radio. You're listening to a secret frequency on ghost ships. Tonight you will be regaled with stories, both fact and possibly fiction, and treated to a plethora of ideas for your horror games. This episode doesn't really include any problematic content, so if you're up for the spooky and the macabre, strap in and enjoy. Floating adrift, not manned by a living soul, ghost ships are a source of mystery. Each finding or retold story plays upon the fear of the unknown. What cruel fate befell the vessel's crew? Where did it drift from, and why does it linger here? Does danger still lurk upon this ship? And is it better to be left untouched, or does the ship have bounty or treasure ripe for the taking? Perhaps most famous is the Flying Dutchman. Dutch sailors shared stories of a warship that was lost off the Cape of Good Hope, part of a rocky and dangerous clipper route along the southwestern part of South Africa. George Barrington provided one of the earliest recordings of the legend in 1795. Quote, I had often heard of the superstition of sailors, respecting apparitions and a doom, but had never given much credit to the report. It seemed that some years since, a Dutch man-of-war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope, and every soul on board perished. Her consort weathered the gale and arrived soon after at the Cape. Having refitted and returning to Europe, they were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch, some of the people saw, or imagined they saw, a vessel standing for them under a press of sail, as though she would run them down. One in particular affirmed it was the ship that had foundered in the former gale, and that it must certainly be her, or the apparition of her. But on its clearing up, the object, a dark, thick cloud, disappeared. Nothing could do away with the idea of this phenomenon on the minds of the sailors, and, on their relating the circumstances when they arrived in port, the story spread like wildfire, and the supposed phantom was called the Flying Dutchman." End quote. The captain of the Dutchman was originally attributed to be Bernard Folk, an Amsterdam captain renowned for his expedient voyages to Java and back, leading to rumors that he made a pact with the devil for expediency. Later, a newspaper article recounted origins of the Flying Dutchman, but with a very different captain. Quote, She was an Amsterdam vessel and sailed from port 70 years ago. Her master's name was Van der Decken. He was a staunch seaman and would have his own way in spite of the devil. 
For all that, never a sailor under him had reason to complain, though how it is on board with them nobody knows. The story is this, that in doubling the cape, they were a long day trying to weather the table bay. However, the wind headed them and went against them more and more, and Vanderdecken walked the deck swearing at the wind. Just after sunset, a vessel spoke him, asking him if he did not mean to go into the bay that night. Vanderdecken replied, May I be eternally damned if I do, though I should beat about here till the day of judgment. And to be sure, he never did go into that bay, for it is believed that he continues to beat about in these seas still, and would do so long enough. This vessel is never seen, but with foul weather along with her." End quote. Ghost ships can be very real and terrifying. During the Napoleonic Wars, a French frigate found the privateer vessel Duke de Danzig adrift. Dried blood covered the decks, with putrefied corpses crucified to the masts and hanging from the topsails. There were no cannon holes or damage to the sails, and a few bloody papers in the cabin revealed nothing but the captain's name, Francois Aregnado. The brig was set ablaze, and official records merely state, Duke de Danzig, unheard of as of 1813, presumed lost with all hands. But it isn't just European explorers who have legends of these spectral ships. There are two legends of spectral canoes in both Canada and New Zealand. The first is Le Chasse Galerie, a First Nations tale of the ghosts of French trappers cursed to fly through the air in a canoe chased by horses and howling wolves. The reason for this curse varies. Some say they were cursed for not attending their Christian mass while others say the trappers made a pact with a demon to canoe through the air to see their sweethearts again. In New Zealand, off the coast of North Island, a boat full of passengers saw a Maori war canoe approaching them, only to disappear about a half mile away. The canoe had a single Maori seen upright in the canoe. While strange, the passengers quickly forgot about it, until 11 days later, the nearby Mount Tarawera erupted in a cataclysmic event. Some wonder if this was a spirit canoe sent to warn the passengers. Others, however, think that this was the real canoe of a chief buried at sea. The chiefs were tied upright into these canoes, and it's possible that a fissure heralding the eruption pushed an ancient canoe back to the surface. Ghost ships soon seeped their way into popular literature. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, J. Habakkuk Jeffson's testimony, was inspired by the true story of the American vessel Mary Celeste. The merchant brigantine was loaded with 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol for trade in Europe. The Mary Celeste set sail from New York Harbor on November 7, 1872, reaching the Azores before continuing towards Genoa, Italy. On December 5th, the Canadian vessel De Gracia spied a vessel on the horizon which seemed to be sailing erratically. 
As they closed on the vessel in distress, it did not respond to their signals, and its sails were strangely set. They saw no one on the deck of the Mary Celeste, and the first and second mates decided to row over and investigate. The ship was abandoned with not a soul present. The hold had a meter of water at the bottom, notable but not an alarming amount, and the rigging was damaged and in poor condition. The small lifeboat was missing, but the tiny raft could only fit a handful of people, not a full complement of 53. The ship had ample food, a pump to clear water, and there were no signs of fire or violence. In fact, the few weapons on the ship were neatly stowed away. The captain's navigation charts and instruments were missing, but their last entry, nine days before the ship was found, noted that the ship had taken on some water that day, but was otherwise in good order. Abandoned but uh, rich with supplies, the Mary Celeste was sailed to Gibraltar as salvage. In the years since, many explanations have been offered. Some say there was violence and foul play, but where is the evidence? Others suggest that rare phenomenon caused the crew to panic and abandon ship. Perhaps a uh, water spout had crossed the ship, inundating it with water and tearing up the rigging. Or maybe a sea quake caused them to abandon ship. Bizarre still, the chamber's journal suggested that the vessel may have been attacked by a giant squid, gorging itself upon all those on board. This wouldn't be the final voyage of the Mary Celeste, however. Amusingly, the ship was later used in an insurance scam. The ship's cargo was misrepresented for a $30,000 insurance coverage, and then run aground in a Caribbean reef. The plan backfired, though, and the captain and his investors were brought to court. One killed himself, another went mad with stress, and the captain walked free but was forced to pay back all his investors owed. In recent years, dozens of abandoned vessels have been found in the South Pacific. In 2006, the 80-meter-long tanker named Jiang Shen uh, was found abandoned off the coast of Queensland. Its engines were inoperable, and the owner or captain of the vessel could never be determined. In 2008, the catamaran Kaz-2 was found adrift based on its GPS signal. When boarded, the engine was running, a laptop was powered up, the radio and GPS were working, and a meal was set to be eaten. But the three crewmen were not on board. All the sails were up, but one was badly shredded, while three life jackets and survival equipment, including an emergency beacon, were found on board. In 2016, Manfred Fritz Bayorit of Germany was found dead in his private yacht, which was adrift in the Philippine Sea. His mummified body was found slumped on a desk by crew of a passing racing yacht. An autopsy found Bayorit uh, had died of a heart attack approximately one week before being found, but the sea conditions had pristinely preserved the body. Now, how do we use the idea of ghost ships in our horror role-playing games? 
Ghost ships have been used several times in the world of darkness, from the Elizabeth Dane in the popular Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, to the Prince Alexei in Wraith the Oblivion. One bit of fiction that stands out is from Hunter the Reckoning's final book, Urban Legends. One short story, Seaborn Darkness, tells the tale of an imbued chasing a monster to the ocean, and then encountering... something. As the story is told, we don't ultimately know what happens to the hunter, but the damaged vessel appearing in the harbor uh, will provide a great reason for the characters to investigate. The storyteller can drop in clues based on what's happened in the short story. Radio frequencies that are displayed, the fate of certain characters, while planting threads that could lead the characters to other imbued, or perhaps into the blood-dimmed tides. The fate of Manfred Bayorit also provides some interesting ideas for Mummy the Resurrection. The tradition of burying dead sailors at sea is ancient, so could there be a version of the spell of life to create Shemsuheru at sea? These salt desiccated corpses may resist the water's bloating and decay, only to resurface decades, centuries, or even millennia later in the Mediterranean. In the modern world of darkness, these sea mummies may be an ancient counterpoint to the newly created Amenti mummies, powerful allies in the fight for balance that are trapped by ancient thought and custom. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay's faux renaissance provides a lot of opportunities for the more spectral ghost ship. On the rivers and canals of the Empire, perhaps there's a legend of a river skiff crewed by the damned. Rowers will refuse to travel after midnight for fear of the dread ship, but when the characters finally convince a captain to whisk them off into the night, the party will find themselves chased through the canals until they can either find safe harbor or the light of sun through the cracks of the thick canopies of the Drakenwald. The Space Hulk is one of the uh, many examples of a ghost ship in Warhammer 40,000, an ancient relic of a ship once lost in the warp, then spat out millennia later. These hulks are known to harbor gene stealers or be co-opted by orcs, but they could contain even worse. A passing rogue trader fleet may detect the Space Hulk on Auspex and approach, hoping to find valuable cargo or lost technology. Aboard, the crew will slowly go missing as they realize that the Hulk harbors entities carried from the warp. After surviving the encounter, the rogue trader and their crew will have valuable information, perhaps telling of a lost imperial world or a standard template construct being transported in the Hulk's fleet. Will they brave the warp once more to find this reward? I remember playing a game of Call of Cthulhu once, where we basically abandoned our ship after a cult was discovered on it. It could be interesting to use this derelict vessel again, uh, this time playing as the rescuers. Similar to the uh, previous ideas, the ghost ship could be infested with the remnants of the uh, cult, which surely be cannibals at this point. Or maybe the cult's alien ritual had been a success, opening the gateway to another dimension perhaps the arid and cold Plateau of Leng. It's possible that the vessel may still be a portal for those foolish enough to summon something from it. Finally, there's Kuro, translated by Cubicle 7. 
This game is set in a near-future Japan, where the country has been sanctioned and blockaded after a nuclear missile incident. The situation is growing increasingly desperate on the island, or, well, the archipelago. And the increase in strange happenings and supernatural reports are surely indicative of the growing hysteria. When a small ghost ship is found near the port of Nagoya, the government is less interested in the ship itself than how it got there. How was the ship able to pass through the American and Chinese blockade? What path was recorded, and could it be replicated to smuggle out people or smuggling goods? When your group of characters set off to recreate the journey, the unpredictable sea will take them on a path of horror and wonder. This has been a secret frequency from Darker Days Radio. If you would like to find more of our work in horror gaming, check out darker-days.org. If you would like to get in contact with us, check out our link tree, linktree slash darkerdaysradio, or send us an email at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com. And until our next secret frequency, good night, good luck, and stay safe out there.